Welcome to The Shut Up Show. This is the Brave Solopreneurs Podcast, helping you shut up and make shit happen. Inside every episode, you'll hear raw and uncensored conversations with amazing entrepreneurs and thought leaders who bring their best work every day, despite being scared shitless. You'll gain mindset strategies on how to brave through your fears, tactical advice to help you define your shut-up moment, and impact-driven tips inspiring you to live and work on your own terms. I am your host and chief shut-upper of Making Shit Happen, Bernie Shum. Now, on to today's episode. <laughs> and we are live. Live for another edition of the Shut Up Show. And yes, you saw Bernie Robot dancing like a maniac. And our guest was drinking. You can drink too. You can robot dance too. We don't judge. We don't discriminate here. But anyway, thank you for coming back, folks. Welcome again to another edition of the Shut Up Show. I'm your host, Bernie Shung, and we've got an awesome and amazing guest that I can't wait to have a conversation with her today, Nicole Snow. Thank you for joining us. What's up, Bernie? And I'm sorry, I, I feel like I'm almost like on E right now and like after like Real Housewives and like I need a drinking show or something. Like, how about this? Like, if anyone's drinking and anytime we say yarn, you drink with me, you know? Oh my gosh, yes. Well, <laughs> I don't have an alcoholic beverage, but I do have my orange juice. So <laughs> I will drink as well when we say yarn. 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 <laughs> drink. Okay. So, anyway, we're going to have a bunch of laughs. We're going to have a bunch of fun. That's the whole point of the Shut Up Show. But uh, let's take us back, Nicole. I always like to help us set the foundation for the listeners and viewers so that they understand who the hell are these two crazy ladies in front of the camera and what is this conversation all about. So if you can help us kick off the conversation today, we're going to talk about how you braved through fear. And I'm sure you had many moments in your life where you were gripped with fear, whether it was jumping out of a job to start a different career, whether it was having to make a very tough decision that went against the grain, whatever it is, I'd love for you to start there. Maybe think about a pivotal moment in your life that really made you kind of go, you know what, enough's enough. It's time to make some change, and it's time for me to make this decision and move down this road. If you could kick off with a conversation about that, share a story with us, then yeah. that'll help us set the foundation. Absolutely. Well, I think it's like, you know, I'd love for everyone to meet me like, hi there, and then, you know, Nicole Snow. And so let's just talk about my business real quick because I'm going to start there and then I'm going to back up, you know, about 10 years. So I own this business. It's called Darn Good Yarn. And I had this idea one day I wanted to help people and reduce waste. And this is before like triple bottom line businesses and all this sort of stuff with like a cool word. Um, I just wanted to help people. So I wound up like starting a business that revolved around creating yarn that helps women who have no jobs and then takes waste that would otherwise be thrown out like from what manufacturing and stuff like that and turn it into yarn. So this is like what my business is. Since 2008, my business has grown 2,900%. So totally stoked about that. I started from my house. So, and I came from a place of like, of a corporate background. Actually, it was a military background. So I'm going to like totally rewind the tape here. Go back to like seventh grade when I started actually flying planes. I took flight lessons. I was going to go in the Air Force, be a pilot, do this whole like very militarized thing. And I realized though that, um, you know, when you think about changing careers and doing all this, I always knew I was a really good leader. And it wasn't like, okay, I can get us from point A to point B, but I was really able to inspire people and believe in themselves um, along the way. And it's not coming from a place of bragging. It's just like, okay, this was a gift I have. And 
the only place that I knew to use that was in the military. So did like ROTC in college, and I actually went active duty Air Force, and um, I realized that it wasn't quite for me. And this is like the fear place, right? Because from seventh grade until the time you're like what, 22, 23, I did college, high school, all this other stuff, all Air Force related, and then you go like, okay this shit sucks <laughs> and I am not really happy where I am. I was absolutely miserable and it's scary because you have time and service that you owe and all these other things and I said you know what I need to listen to that gut voice and you know sometimes you get trained to just shut off that gut in you and just shut up. We always had a term in the military and it said shut up in color and that is the stupidest term and I hate it so much. But that's what I live by. I live by that through all of my, like, essentially professional formative years. And so I had to, like, turn this boat or, like, steer the plane really hard to say, okay, I'm getting out of this environment. And so I got out. It was a long, drawn-out process, and it was scary as hell. I wasn't married at that point. I had, like, you know, I was like, oh, I'm saving all my money. And I had, like, seriously wearing, like, five grand in the bank. And I thought I was, like, this wealthy freaking woman. I'm like, no, not so much. I'm going to help you with that. So I got out of the military, and I wound up getting married. I was engaged. I did a long-distance thing for a long time. And that's another fear place because you're like, is this guy who I've been having a long-distance relationship, like, is he going to kill me in my sleep with these, like, new knives that we got for our engagement party? Like, anything can happen at this point. So I think, though, that, you know, it comes down to, for me, like, these moments of, like, in intense fear. I just said, you know, What's the worst that can happen? Well, I guess being killed by a potential, like, fiancé with your new knives, that's a pretty big fear. But otherwise, it's just saying, you know, what really is the worst that can happen? We, especially as entrepreneurs and people on that verge, we live in the U.S. Like, you're so freaking lucky. If you live in North America, you live in the U.S., you are so lucky to have the infrastructure that's there already. So it's not really too much bad that can happen. I mean, if the worst is that you're living on, like, your mom's couch at the end of the day, that's not, like, so terrible because you can get your laundry done anyway. So do all this. I get out of the military, get married, and then I start this business. And I didn't know where to start. And I think, you know, I was actually just talking to my new employee, Joey, uh, before we got on this call. And she has this great ac acronym, and I wrote it down. She said, fear stands for false expectations appearing real. And... I'm like, oh, that makes so much sense because I never really looked at it like fear. I just looked at it as opportunities to grow. And that's essentially like what I've done step by step with my business. Is like I think we're told that in order to do something really great, you have to have all the answers immediately. And like for me, like no one told me before I got on this like on Google on this Google Hangout with you, like I wasn't supposed to drink. Well, like, you know what? I'm gonna drink. I'm gonna make my own rules, I'm gonna do what I wanna do. And what's wound up happening now like 10 years later is I have the exact life I want. Like I run a yarn company, I help over 300 families between India and Nepal. I employ and have people surrounded by our brand here, about 13 people deep here in North America. And like this is what I do. And then I do Google Hangouts with like awesome people like you. And I guess it's just, you know, there, there is just so much potential out there. And I always like, I consult, I do like small business consulting too and it's like, you just hear people just so tied up in the fear and so afraid to listen to that voice of creativity. And it's like, you know what? Like Richard Branson says, it, I love it. Screw it. Just do it. That's what like people <laughs> need to do. And it's like, I live by that. So that's my whole backstory. That's awesome. Oh my, my God. <laughs> there is 
so much in there as I expected there would be. But I really wanted to start somewhere where this has actually been surfacing quite a bit in conversations I've had recently, both on podcasts and in blog posts that I've written and even blog posts that I've read of others. And it's this whole, you know, how, how I'm hearing this happen quite a bit, the us versus them, right? There are a certain set of people who go out and get that thing, but sometimes they're they're scrutinized and criticized because they are out there getting that thing. And then mm -hmm. there are others who kind of choose to sit back and wait, wait for permission, or they ask people to let them do things or let them speak their mind and whatnot. And what's your take on that? I mean, and I guess it's kind of two questions in this question. One, were you always this vocal, I guess, or defiant, if you want to call it that, because I'm one too, um, or or did you have to work up the courage, did you have to work up the skills and the strategy to learn how to, you know what, I'm going to stand up for what I believe in, and I'm going to do what I want to do? It's a great question. So, like, for me, um, I think we can all sort of think about back to, like, you know, high school and junior high, where those were probably the last moments where we were truly who we were. And then all of a sudden, you start getting like institutionalized and structured. And so there was a time, and I remember, you know, being like, yeah, I did question everything. And it wasn't like, you know, I wanted to purposely break, break the rules, and I didn't necessarily know I was doing that, but I was just rewriting. I'm like, these rules are terrible. Like, why would we do this like this? And then I was the person, I was the disruptor. Um, and then all of a sudden, the military, and I think people who go into corporate America experience the exact same thing. It's like, now you have a hierarchy, and you have to fill out a form to do this and do that. And so you wind up, like, purposely brainwashing yourself so you fit within a company culture, either be the military or at a Fortune 500. And so there takes a lot of, and for me, honestly, it was a lot of therapy, and it was. I was in therapy three times a week when I got out of the Air Force because I'm like, I just threw away my career. Like, and then you have that moment, you're like, what the fuck did I just do? Like, because I just worked from seventh grade until, like, my early 20s and through college, and you're like, okay, Nicole, like, you need to work through this because, obviously, it was something protecting you, you know, and enlisting. And I think especially with women, you know, you said something about, like, where we have to get permission. I think women are the permission seekers a lot of the time. And for me, I luckily just knew that I had to surround myself with really powerful, strong women. And it's the company you keep, right? Like, if you if you hang out with, like, slob, you're going to be a slob. I hate to say that, but, like, that's what it is. And so I was really picky about my friends. And I'm one of these people, like, I'm totally cool to have three friends. If they're awesome, that's awesome. And if I can't find three good friends, I'm going to sit here in this room by myself and drink, and I'm going to be happy with myself. <laughs> and it's like, but you have to be that strict with yourself because, you know, all those voices around you, you know, too many voices, it's like a portfolio, right? If you know you're going to buy a stock and it's going to rock and you're, it's going to be awesome, you get all these voices and one blog says short this and one says go long this and all of a sudden you're like, okay, I have, I have nothing. I just have this piece of paper and I have no place to put my money to buy stocks. And it's too many voices winds up completely taking out any risk and any like joy in what being an entrepreneur and like living your life like that really means. Right, right. Yeah. And that's such a great point. And you know, I have to ask you this question, and I don't know how to ask it, so I'm just going to make an assumption here. It sounds like you, for a very long time, have had a certain mission in life. I can't assume what it is, but my guess is from a very young age, you didn't know you were going to have a yarn business. Is that correct? Yeah, that's a pretty fair assumption. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty fair assumption. <laughs> okay, just, just, just guessing. I'm not sure. Right, right, yeah, no. So, what is it beneath the yarn business that you have today with Dar Darn Good Yarn? What is it about this business that has allowed you to manifest that mission you've been dreaming about all your life? 
Well, it goes back to that gift of like, you know, I've always loved to create in the color thing and that's all fantastic. But honestly, I have a neutral color palette at, in my house. Like I still need the break from it at the end of the day. And it's, you know, I won this FedEx grant contest like last year was the first year they had it. And I started getting like stories from people. They're like, I'm just so inspired by your personal story. And I want to start my own business. And that actually re-sparked what's always been to me. And it, it is to make more of an effort to inspire people to find their own way in life and it's not easy you have shows like this there are other people that do exactly like what you're doing because the conversation needs to happen to say you know what I'm gonna I'm, I'm tired of living someone else's life I'm gonna take the freaking reins and I'm going to live the life that's most authentic to me and if it means I only make you know 20 grand a year or whatever it is or if I make 120 grand a year like I am in complete ownership of my life and I am a producer versus just someone who's just receiving the crap rolling down the hill day after day and it takes a really brave person to say that and I think you know these conversations are so important because you have to build up that bravery you have to build up that armory because all of the other people around you usually they're not usually as brave as you and to be able to like break the cycle you know, just like an addiction, like you break the cycle and you have to do the same thing and say, okay, I'm willing to be a disruptor and take ownership of my life. And that's that's a difficult thing. So that's, uh, I realize that that's where my motivation comes from because people do look at yarn and they're like, oh, it's not, I'm not like sending up the space shuttle every day. I am selling yarn on the internet. Like let's simplify what the business model really is. I'm selling yarn on the internet. And I'm in love with what I do. And if I can help people and get, get them inspired and excited about making their own way in life, like, that's cool. I love this. I love this golden nugget here, Nicole, because I think so many times, and I think what I'm about to tell you, you'll, you'll understand where I'm coming from. So many times people keep thinking they have to chase this passion, right, or this purpose, and it can only be one thing, right? You only have one choice, one thing. You can't screw it up. And then some people are afraid to act because they don't want to make the wrong choice, or some people end up doing 10 different things and then they feel bad, right, or they feel guilty that they didn't choose just one thing. But to right. me, in hearing your story, you did do your one thing and you did it well. It's you want to help other people and you want to leave a positive impact on the world and make it a better place than when you entered it. And you know what? It happens to be through yarn. Right. Yeah. It happens exactly. to be through small business consulting. You talked about how you used to have a show. It used to be through that, too. Right. So I think people get so caught up in the how they're going to do it. Right. The vehicle they're going to use that yeah. they don't even start the ignition at all. I mean, what do you think about that? You're, you're so you're you're so right. And obviously I could tell like you're a real pro what you do because it's you see people just spinning their wheels and there's this level of perfection again like what we were talking about. Like people expect you to have the full business plan and blah 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 ready to go before you launch. And I tell you you don't need that. Like look at Nasty Gal, right? I'm sure you're familiar with the clothing. No, brand I'm now. actually not. Please tell oh, me. Oh my gosh. Okay, go check it <laughs> out. You're gonna make you're gonna have like a new like girl crush. Um CEO of this company is uh Sophia Amoroso and she has this business. I think it started as an eBay business. So this is like for just like inspiration. Started as an eBay business selling like vintage women's clothing. And she's now I think she's like hundred and thirty two million dollar a year business seven years later. Like got a little bit of venture money for sure, but like hardworking person and she didn't have a business plan like that's the perfect like that's the perfect place to like say okay you don't need all of that structure that you've been told for so long you need all that structure for and you know for me I go into situations and I'm like well you know I need to be flexible and it's probably one of the best pieces of advice I got and I'll tell everyone here is that 
when you go into business, it's all education. Like, don't think that this is like you're past your thesis now and like this is this is what it's going to be for the rest of your life. Like, I feel like every single day, every month my business grows because my business is like doubling every single year. So really what the business is today, what it was last year, two totally different businesses. And if I didn't have that flexibility to grow and say, well, maybe this doesn't quite define us as much or maybe this isn't making us like this isn't cash flowing as much as it is and maybe we need to like maybe change this model a little bit. You have to have that flexibility in business. And if you go into it too like too hard and too like too solid of a of a framework, you don't have that flexibility built in, you won't succeed. So it's like you have to just shed all of that and then like get into what your passions are. And if your passions change, it's totally cool. One of my favorite books is um, The E-Myth Revisited, and it talks yeah. about how people take their their passions in life and they try to monetize it, and then they're like, oh my god, all this business stuff sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a matter of like, you know, sourcing it all out, and I think, you know, if any of you are looking for a good summer read, like, get the book, because it sort of shows you how to restructure your life so that you still stay passionate about it. And even if your passion shifts a little bit, your business model doesn't like go to crap. Right. Right. Yeah. No, I love it. And I'm so glad you brought that book up because that book, <laughs> though it is a very easy read because you can kind of jump back and forth in all the chapters, it is absolutely overwhelming because you're like, holy shit. <laughs> I mean, this is, this is like really good stuff. But if all you read was that book and if all you bought was that book for business, I think you could get by with even just that alone. So you could. And delivering is, happiness. I'm sorry. <laughs> delivering happiness from Tony Shea of Zappos is okay. like awful. Yeah. I haven't read that yet, but I hear he's pretty awesome. So he's really good because he talks about how it's okay to create a culture in your business. And even if it's just you, um, that's what I really took from because some of us are like, you know, in it just by, I was a one woman business for a very long time before I started hiring people. And you get into that place and it is okay to have a framework of what your company culture is. And it's not like a Fortune 500 term. It's like, yeah, we drink on the job. And, and and we make it fun and we make it weird and we have awesome connection with our customers and that really is truly the fiber of what our business is and like people should be defining that for themselves as well so another book look at everyone's getting like a reading list from us <laughs> I like, love it <laughs> I love it no I have Bernie and Nicole University <laughs> yeah hello <laughs> and it's all free too What's up with I know, right? for the most part um, okay so I wanted to talk a little bit more about your business and this is important because I I don't think people quite understand what we're talking about when we're talking about you're in the yarn you know business especially those who haven't seen your website yet so yeah. take me through first of all what was the genesis for the business and then kind of take us through how has it evolved and why I mean no offense to you but you're doing really well in the yarn industry and to some they might be like oh Okay, how is that possible? So tell us how it's possible, Nicole. So yeah, I think most people think about the yarn industry and it's like a bunch of like 60-year-old women. And no offense to 60-year-old women out there, but you know some of y'all get a little fuddy-duddy and like, okay, you got to just get the bright lipstick on and keep it sexy. But anyway, there is, um, I think there's just this thought with the yarn industry, and it's a really old industry. It's people who knit and crochet and like, you know, the stuff that you see at like Joann's and Michael's. Like, I sell yarn like that, but I came in with really no background to the industry. I'm really, truly a disruptor. Um, and I realized that there is an opportunity, because I was learning how to knit when I started this business. So I realized that there was nothing really cool out there as far as fibers to make something that I could sit down for an hour, because I'm like you, I'm so busy, but I still have this need to create once in a while. So I didn't like all of the yarns I've created are, are made with that idea that 
you don't have to be super duper skilled. Like the yarn actually does the work for you. So if you just have the basic skill set, you can rock it out. And so the business itself, I wanted there to be a social consciousness to what the brand is. And so like essentially, let me break down like the manufacturing process because it is kind of cool. So like say a company like Bed Bath and Beyond makes silk sheets or the gap makes like t-shirts there's always manufacturing waste and usually it's just cut up and discarded um, what I do is I have some people I not just one person I have a lot of people go into these places and just reclaim the waste like they're pretty much like the garbage people they come pick up the waste so it's new material and then we bring it back to co-ops throughout India and Nepal and I say I get like maybe an email saying like hey Nicole we have like 50 kilos of denim, like denim scrap, like what do you want to do with it? And I'm like, okay, well, like I think ribbon would be really cool right now. Let's have it handmade into like ribbon. And it's really like dealing drugs because we talk in kilos and it's pretty funny. And so what we do, we wind up doing is just making this like one of a kind, but like mass one of a kind. So like I might get like 5,000 exclusive skeins of yarn or balls of yarn. Um, and it's made from reclaimed materials and it's also made by these women that are able to take the material home with them and actually make the yarn at their house so they can still watch their kids. And we're talking about women who like normally would live on two dollars or less a day who are dealing with like severe caste discrimination and gender discrimination. So we're giving the people jobs who wouldn't normally have jobs in, in, in these societies. So that's kind of really cool. And then, you know, I, I, I import it and what I'm trying to do is just make people open again to their creativity, either it's through their hands or, or in business. But that's like what the business is all about. That is so cool. And you're like, yeah, and that that's pretty much it. No big deal. <laughs> but I mean, like, like seriously, I, I'm sitting here and I, and, and I was just having a chat with my friend about 30 minutes ago and he was walking his kid and he was talking about how he had this really great idea for a book while he was walking. And I'm like, oh yeah, I get ideas when I do the dishes. So like, where did this idea come from for you? I mean, did it happen over a series of different little, you know, creative moments or, I mean, that's what I want to find out about. Well, I mean, like, I, yeah, I was on another interview once, and someone actually used the term, like, it sounds like you're a do-gooder, and I'm like, okay, like, I like to do good, but to put that kind of label on me is pretty hardcore. <laughs> so, um, so actually, and, and I want to back it up, because I think it's important for your listeners to know, like, I, after the Air Force, I actually had a job for, like, three months, and I worked in a paper, um, and you might even hear my dog in the background right now. This is, this is, office, this is, this is like, office This is real, guys. This is real. <laughs> But, um, but yeah, so I had a job um, that, like, we sold paper, and it was like the show The Office, and it was terrible. And I remember putting together this really cool database, and I got called into my boss's office, and he said, do you know why I brought you in here? And I'm like, to give me a raise? Because I'm a millennial. Like, this is how I think, duh. And he was like, no, you're fired. <laughs> I'm going to help you with this. You're fired. And then my parting word, well, his parting words to me were like, by the way, you should probably never work in a small business. And I'm like okay, obviously you don't know who I am, but that's fine. So I started an import business. It was more just general imports of like women's fashion from India. And I had a friend who was a buying partner. She would go over to India and then I would set up the website. And this is back in the days when like you had Dreamweaver and like you, I didn't know how to make global changes. So I changed every single page and I, my husband would come home from work and I'm like, oh, I made global changes to 27 pages of my website today, like 27 pages of my site today. Like that was like one click. <laughs> how many hours I've lost in Dreamweaver. But um, when I was learning to knit, I still had this business and it was successful. We were doing trade shows in Vegas. It was awesome. Um, and her sister actually sent back 
like an iteration of recycled silk yarn, which is a core product of what we carry. And I looked at it and I just saw the potential in it. It was done terribly, but there was definitely potential. And so then I said, okay, like let's sort of talk through this, talk to some suppliers, and then see how we can refine the manufacturing process. And then that's when I took that business and married into what Darn Good Yarn is. And honestly, I had no idea it was going to be as well. The name, my business name, Darn Good Yarn, was a complete joke. Like, I was just goofing off with my friend. We're coming up with stupid names. And I was looking, I'm like, oh, yeah, that name's already taken. And she's like, Darn Good Yarn. And I looked up, I'm like, holy shit, it's not taken. That's, that's the name of the business. And here we are 10 years later. That's seriously awesome. And, <laughs> you know, and, and 10 years in the making of an overnight success, right? And, and I'm not even adding the years that you worked before this or all the experience you had prior to this, because honestly, it sounds to me like you're a serial entrepreneur. I mean, you've been doing this for a very long time, not just through this one business. And um, you know what I mean? And I, and I think sometimes people get caught up in thinking, well, maybe it was just a stroke of luck or maybe she was just born that way. But you've been at this for quite some time. Um, what carried you through all of the different businesses that you've been involved in and all of the different experience you've had being an entrepreneur, Nicole? How, like, like was there one thing that helped you to be successful and, and bring that wisdom forward to make the next venture even more successful, Is if there's something you can pull out? So um, I think, you know, we talked about fear, right? And I never, I don't actually say I'm afraid of this. That's, you know, fear. And when I, I remember when I was like sort of prepping for this, I'm like, I'm really not afraid of anything. Like that was really my, my was my first reaction. And, um, you know, you have some moments where, you know, your stomach drops out a little bit. You're like, okay, that's a little fearful. But the overall just thought of fear, I think, is so limiting. And you have to be able to free yourself from that. And so what I always like to say is we have areas of concern. So like, you don't know how to use that computer program, like I'm afraid you won't work out, that doesn't come out of my mouth. You don't know how to use that computer program, that's an area of concern, so I'm just going to work with you on that. And so those are the opportunities to empower yourself and empower people around you, because sometimes you have to just, you know, do that self, um, you know, you have to assess yourself. So there's that. I think that um, the other thing that I use to, to just always progress forward and again, it's not not coming at it from a negative place, but just continue to educate yourself. Like if something didn't quite work out, I don't go, oh my God, I am such a fuck up. I don't do that. I say, you know what? Just an opportunity. Let me just keep moving on and put one foot in front of the other. And, you know, I think a lot of entrepreneurs always say that the way they get to success is just doing every one of those little steps perfectly um, in that point in time. And don't look back. Like... You might look back when you're just looking at maybe your numbers and inventory. Fine. That product really sucked. Okay, that's that I don't mean that. What I mean though is don't look back and say, like, oh Nicole, you shouldn't have been in the Air Force. That really wasted a ton of your time. No, that added to exactly who I am and why if I didn't go that route, I wouldn't be this awesome person who I am today. And not being afraid to say I'm an awesome person and where I am today. And so it's you wind up it's just taking those little steps. And then I think the third thing is is reading. I mean, like, I just gave you a couple books, but I, I read a lot, and um, I love Ink Magazine. Like, I have little pieces, like, of the magazine ripped out all over the place and giving them to people and trying to just every bit of knowledge I can get my hands on, I try to get my hands on. And I can't remember the last time I actually read a book for myself, like, personally, but I'm married to this. And I don't say that in a bad way. Like, what entrepreneurship is and what it gives my life, like, yes, I work a lot, but I'm so proud to say that it does define who I am. 
Like, Darned Yarn is Nicole Snow, and I am totally okay to say that. <laughs> I love that. I seriously, seriously love that. And on to the big question, because you kind of hinted at the question. <laughs> because I'm, I'm going to ask you. Wait, yarn, 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 yarn. <laughs> Okay. So you said you're not scared of anything. But I have to ask you anyway, because that's what we do here on the show. So the one contrived question you knew I was going to ask you is, what are you afraid of right now? And it can be any kind of fear. You know, you can even be fear, fearful of spiders, and I won't judge you. But at this moment as we speak, what are you afraid of right now, Nicole? So for me, it's continuing to grow. And, and like my fear is... Um, not letting down my employees, not letting down the people who make my yarn. I have hundreds of people in India and Nepal that are relying on me to get food on the table. I have 13 employees here in the U.S. that are relying on me to pay their rent and their mortgages. I'm signing paychecks. I take that so seriously. Like, yeah, the drinking and the, the cute lipstick, all that. I take that stuff seriously. That's what does actually keep me up at night, and it, it motivates and drives me. So... You know, it's 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 working. Sometimes it does work. You know, with a gun behind your head a little bit. Um, but I think if I didn't have that, I feel that I'm a responsible enough adult that I can bear that responsibility, and I'm willing to step up to the plate to take that fear and responsibility on, so that I can empower other people to live authentic lives as well. Um, and I thrive on that. So yeah, that that is my fear, but it does. It's also my motivation. I love it. And what would you say to people who are going through a similar fear like that right now? How would you walk them through? You know, you talked about consulting small businesses. How do you walk them through how to break through to the other side of that and even tactically some steps they can take? I think it's a matter of breaking breaking it down and seeing what's truly on the plate. And like, you know, you're going back to um E-myth, you know, it's 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 saying what are your core competencies? I always tell people this. It's like, you know, sometimes you have to stop and small business owners are notorious for putting too much on their plates and then they forget what makes them really special and I always feel like oh I don't have enough money to hire an assistant or do all that and I'm like you know what figure it out and sometimes you have to break down the budget and like you know break down what your expenditures are so you can get that person that right person in that place to help you get to that next place um, so it's taking maybe a little step back to go like way forward and I think that and when I work with other businesses, I always tell them to say, okay, look at what what and why you got into business originally. And what is it that makes you you, makes you awesome, makes you that awesome person that I am, you know. <laughs> and so what else is in your life right now? What else is screwing things up and gumming up the works? Is it you're answering like 80,000 emails a day like I used to? Okay. You need to figure out how to get that off your plate um, and just make a list and that's the big tool like I usually say is make a list of everything you do during your day or a week or whatever. What are things you absolutely have to do or you absolutely love to do and you need to just make three columns. Things you love to do and then things you can actually like delegate off to other people and when I finally did that it was like oh I don't have to enter emails all the time I can just like train the right person in there and like seriously I enter my emails like twice a week now how awesome is that <laughs> but I'm focused then on on getting educated and then continuing to grow the business because now we're talking about doing mass scaling we're talking about like repackaging and rebranding and we're actually I'm working on a book deal right now I'm able to work on that I'm able to 
do the things that I'm truly passionate about. We're creating a whole nother brand called The Crafty Winer, which is going to be a spinoff of Darn Good Yarn. But if I was sitting there like ticky-tacking uh, emails and orders and all this other stuff all day, I'd never get to that place. And then what eventually happens, and I'm sure like people who are entrepreneurs right now, so, you know, sometimes you feel that weight. You're like, oh, my God. I'm being trampled on by my business, mm -hmm. and it's, it's not fun anymore. So start making it fun again and, and make that list and figure out how will you have fun again and figure out the way, the means to do it. What I love about this conversation with you is you are so clear about what you're good at and you're so clear about what you would rather be doing. And I've heard you say numerous times, and now I'm going to start calling you this, but you're, you disrupt thinking. You know, you're someone who disrupts thinking. You've been doing that for a very long time. You do it when you question other people who are trying to lead you and maybe, you, you, you know, you want to go against the grain because you don't quite buy into what they're teaching you. You do it when you choose yourself in your own business and selling and promoting your stuff. I mean, you do it as a leader for your team. And I've met a couple of people on your team virtually and they're amazing. They love what they do and they love you. So it just goes to show how, you know, that trickled down from you know, leadership, but you know, it, it's so evident to me that your job is to disrupt thinking and then take that craft out into the world and help the world be a better place with, with all the skills and the gifts you bring to the table. And if you were sitting there checking 80 emails a day, you wouldn't be able to disrupt as much thinking as you do right now. So thank you for being smart enough and for taking care of yourself and being kind enough to say, I don't need to be doing the stuff that I shouldn't be doing so that I can go out and do the stuff I'd rather be doing. Right. And I'll tell you that it's not, you know, a little behind the scenes. It's like, that doesn't happen like me just taking a shower and then I have this great idea. It's <laughs> surrounding, surrounding yourself, though, with, with people who maybe they might not necessarily have the education, but who just have that crazy support for you. And they believe in, in who you are as an individual because there is a level of authenticity. There's a reason why you have your brand because you are so authentic. And the same goes for me. And that's what makes us totally unique. And in this whole inter internet world and all this stuff, that authenticity is actually so hard to find. And it is a gut check to put yourself out there and put your life out there. But it's so rewarding because, you know, what? branding is so easy. I'm like, yeah, I drink a little bit and I play with yarn. Like, <laughs> not that hard. I mean, it's, I'm, not trying to, I'm not trying to fabricate something. And, you know, even if you're not um, – even if someone says, well, oh, that's easy for her. She's a disruptor and can think like that. Like, I can't be like that. Like, I'm not that person. That's okay, too. We need your types out there, too. Um, and just find someone that inspires you or that, and even if not, like, you know, just go do what makes you happy. And, again, we live in such an awesomely blessed world, and we do have a lot of resources and nets to catch us. Um, no one's telling you that when you're first starting business, and I'm telling you that there's a lot of resources and nets out there to help you just totally kick ass. Um, you need to use them. Find them and use them. I love it. Great reminder. And you touched on it a little bit before, but I really love for this final part for you to pimp yourself out. Tell us what you're working on. Tell us what's coming up for Darn Good Yarn and all of the other ventures you have and how we can support you and your brand. Well, just watch out. We're actually doing a little bit of rebranding on Darn Good Yarn, making it a little more shiny and cool, but still keep that organic feel that makes us so special. But then we're also spinning off um, a sister business called The Crafty Winer. We realized that, you know, yeah, people like to knit and crochet, but, like, we don't always have time to knit and crochet. Like, I don't even have time to knit and crochet. I'm lucky if I get, like, one project done a month. So in appreciating that, but still knowing that people love to drink their wine as much as I do, we're going to be launching this brand, and it's going to um, encompass like that artsy, craftsy, sort of fun, 
woman sort of ethos, but then we're going to have like some white labeling of wine that like from the region in New York where I live, and uh, it's just going to be a little bit more of a fun, playful brand that features actually more of Nicole Snow because that's been like what's brought darn good yarn to where it is, and so we just want to sort of bring the crafting into really the ready-made market and stuff that again I'm passionate about because it was yarn and now it's like wine and yarn, and it's probably going to go like more wine eventually, and that's okay, you know. Just, Create your own luck. <laughs> I want to have what she's having. That's all I have to say. Yarn and wine—it's all good to me. <laughs> like you just cast on one, and then you just drink the rest of the night, and that's okay. <laughs> exactly. You know, seriously, like my mom and dad to this day go, like, "What do you do for a living?" I can't even imagine being unical. They'd be like, "Yarn and wine? What the hell? Get a life. Get a job." <laughs> my dad—I actually—I was at Chicago um, at an internet retailers conference last week, and um, I sent them a picture of me on the floor and. He's like, nothing has changed in your 31 years on this earth because I had like this bright pink shirt on and I have like DC shoes that are like purple and pink and like a funky skirt. And I'm like, this is my outfit. I mean, this is this is how I roll. So I'm just, you yeah, just have to embrace what makes you you. <laughs> And that's why we have you on the show. Seriously, I'm so so excited for all of your success. And man, I can't wait to uh, tell everybody to come to your website. Now, I know there's darngoodyarn.com. Where else can we find this new business that you have brewing? That's going to launch on the craftywiner.com. W-I-N-E-R. Um, so that launch is probably going to happen in the next month or so. And um, you can watch us really ha unfold that on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash DG yarn, like darn good yarn. So we have a little over 60,000 followers there and rocking and rolling, having a good time there. So play along. <laughs> That's super awesome. So you guys check it out. Nicole, your staff, your team is awesome. Your website's awesome. Your whole mission, um, helping people all across the globe to have jobs while you sustain your business and help women in general. But I know you help, you know, the world at large, not just women. But I thank you from the bottom of my heart, being a woman wow. who has grown up always wondering if I could ever be that woman who could make a difference. And being able to do that now and stand beside people like you who are doing it, it just continues to remind me that I need to keep showing up and doing this work because exactly. all of us coming together will just help make the world be a better place. And you know what? Screw it. I don't care if you're a do-gooder. I'm a do-gooder too. Own it, Nicole. Own it. No, screw it. Just do it. That's what we have to end with. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much for joining us today and we'll make sure to include all of the links and everything we talked about in the show notes this will come out in a couple of weeks but those who joined us live today that's Nicole Snow of darngoodyarn.com thank you so much for joining me my dear it was such a pleasure to chat with you thank you alright see you later bye everyone thank you for joining us for another episode of The Shut Up Show The Shut Up Show is sponsored by The Amazing Cells that's S-E-L-Z dot com Seriously simple selling. Get instant access to download a free copy of our 18 page ebook, The Solopreneur's Guide for Shutting Up and Making Shit Happen. Simply go to our website at theshutupshow.com slash subscribe and join other brave entrepreneurs who are shutting up and making shit happen. If you believe in the Shut Up Show and this platform has helped you shut up and make shit happen, please head on over to iTunes. Search for The Shut Up Show in the podcast section and leave us an honest star rating and review. Your feedback will help us to gauge what we're doing well and where we need to continue to improve. The ratings and reviews help us to continue to bring on amazing sponsors like Cells so that we can deliver weekly episodes to you for free. 
so your feedback does matter. Thank you for helping us and supporting us.